Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to These Present Days, a podcast of The Unusual Place. I titled this kind of a lengthy little title, Recycling Seasons, Societies, and Systems. Recycling Seasons, Societies, and Systems. Interesting. What is it about? Well, have any of you noticed that the issues we currently face as a nation as the a world even, are the exact same issues that have plagued us year after year after year after decade after century. So what are these same, same, but different issues? To simplify, it's health, murder, droughts, dangerous weather, political corruption, war, hatred, selfishness, addiction, division, racism, mental issues. Mental issues, yeah. Or how about wars and rumors of wars, famine, pestilence, earthquakes, like Jesus talks about all of that in Matthew 24. And we have seen wars and rumors of wars and famines and pestilence. You know, I mean, you could play, you could put a a virus in, you know, like a a pandemic, you know, with the COVID-19 virus, you know, that could qualify as a pestilence. Earthquakes. We are living in Southern California, earthquakes, and even in diverse places around the world, it says diverse places are going to be hit with earthquakes. And what I like to say is that these same, same that is being prophesied by Jesus way back in Matthew 24 to his disciples about things that are happening in our times that we're living in right now, is that they've been happening all along. But there's two things that are going on in the way that this whole thing's wrapping itself up and winding down. They're going to be more frequent and they're going to be more intense. More frequent and intense. Wars, famine, pestilence, earthquakes. You know, for any of these news stories that we see popping up, we could easily place a date that has already come and gone on the story. And it will be just as relevant in a way almost identical to what has already happened. Wow. Really. And so, let's look at a couple of scriptures. I want you to see where this all began. Because we have cycles that we go through. You know, that every so many years, everything repeats itself. The fashions come back in that went out um, a certain number of years ago, you know, maybe a decade and a half between certain cycles, and it's always going in circles. Everything is circular. We think everything is linear. We think everything is linear, and it's got to be all nice and tidy, you know, but no, it's not nice and tidy. I mean, just the way that mankind comes into existence. Um, When the biological seeds of the man are planted in the, the woman, the, the husband and the wife, they are a bunch, there's millions of the seeds that are swimming like tadpoles upstream trying to make it to be the strongest or the fittest because it's the survival of the fittest. And out of a million being shot at that ovary way up that fallopian tube somewhere, um, and only one makes, that's a champion. And you see that that God set things in motion to 
make it so that the human race can go throughout history and decade after decade after decade after century after century, the people of a certain family, you know, they have family members being born and dying and born and dying, and it seems like the sheep's going around and around, and it doesn't turn out that they look exactly like their ancestors, but there's similarities. There's, 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 there's DNA that's involved as well. And so, even from the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 19, God said, there are going to be lights all across the sky. This is from the easy-to-read translation. They will separate the day from the night. They will show the seasons, days, and years. The lights in the sky will give light to the earth, and what God said happened. God made two great lights, the brighter light ruled over the day, the lesser light ruled over the night. God also made the stars. God put all the light in the sky to shine their light on the earth. They were to rule over the day and the night. They were to separate the time of light from the time of dark. God looked at what he had made. He saw that it was good. Evening passed, and then it was morning. That was the fourth day. And so God set this thing up with seasons, days, and years. And so how do we measure seasons, days, and years? The rotation of the earth. It's going circular. The rotation of the earth on its axis and also the rotation of the earth around the sun in our solar system. You know, that's when you're going to get seasonal changes. But the day-to-day changes, you know, night and, and light, you know, morning and then daylight and then evening and then, you know, pitch black and dark night. Um, that's as the earth is spinning while the earth is moving, always going in an orbit that has a pathway that is consistent and it's going in circles and cycles. So that's what was set up for Adam and Eve to live in. Verse, verses, um, that was verses 14 through 19. And I'll go ahead and do it for another translation. Let me read it to you from the message translation. The one I just read was easy to read translation. Here we go. God spoke, lights, come out, shine in heaven's sky. Separate day from night. Mark seasons and days and years. Lights in heaven's sky to give light to the earth. And there was light. God made two big lights, the larger one to take charge of day, the smaller to be in charge of night. And he made the stars. He placed them in heavenly, in the heavenly sky to light up the earth and oversee day and night to separate light and dark. God saw that it was good. It was evening and morning, the fourth day. But he goes and says, marking. He says, he set these things up there to mark seasons and days. That's how you measure it. But we kind of think in, in linears, when it's not, it's not linear, it's circle. It's, it's, it's a cycle. It's going to repeat itself. There's morning the sun's going to come up in the east every single morning. And winter is going to give way to spring every single year. And spring is going to give way to summer. Wow. So, let's look at Matthew. No, I don't want to go back to Matthew. I already quoted enough from Matthew, the 24th chapter. Listen, history is repeating itself. We know that. Or have we just missed how to solve these problems. You see, these problems keep coming up 
famines, wars, overpopulation. They keep coming up. But people like to play God. You know, like they like to try to depopulate the earth a little bit, you know, by having certain things unleashed on mankind. You know, so what are we missing? What are we not seeing that we need to see? How do we stop repeating the past? Because we even do it on an individual basis. We fall into the same thing. Maybe, you know, I, I said this a few times. People looked at me kind of, kind of like I'm crazy. But I was doing it jokingly. I said, i got to figure out new sins because I'm tired of committing the same sin over and over again. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about you keep committing the same sin over and over and over and over and over? I mean, you think you're, 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 you're bothering God at all? You're agitating God at all by doing that? I think I, I am. I, I, I apologize to him for the sin and everything. But i got to do something to make it stop, make not do. And so I've told people this before. I said, i got to find new creative ways to sin. You know, because I, I don't want to repeat the, the, the sin over and over again. But I was joking. I'd rather just stop sinning altogether and live out the last days of my life perfect but not happening. This side of heaven won't happen. So, what are we missing? Well, let's look at Ecclesiastes, verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 9 and 11, New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes 1, 9, 10, and 11. Here we go. History merely repeats itself. Didn't that just summarize what I just said? History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new, but actually it's old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. Wow, that's kind of bleak, but it's absolutely citing the problem. It's citing the condition that the world is in that we are part of. In that same place, I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation, Ecclesiastes 1, 9 through 11. Hear, hear, it, like, hear it like a, a, a quality poem, like you're doing poetry. That which has been is that which will be, again. And that which has been done is that which will be done again. So there is nothing new under the sun. Verse 10. Is there anything of which it can be said, see this? It's new. It has already existed for vast ages of time recorded or unrecorded, which were before us. Verse 11, there is no remembrance of earlier things, nor also of the latter things that are to come. There will be, there will be for them no remembrance by generations who will come after them. What does it mean by no remembrance? That they have forgetfulness, they have weak memories. What does that mean? He's talking about people are going to forget it. They're going to forget it, and they're going to walk in it, and they're going to repeat it, and the cycle is going to keep going. Let's go to chapter 13, book of Hebrews. Hebrews 13. Don't worry, I'm going to cover, I'm going to cover how we as Christians jump out of the vicious cycles of these present days. How... Is our situation different? Can it be different? Can we really jump out? Yes, we can. So let's read Hebrews 13, verses 7 through 9. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ 
is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, he's constant. Nothing else is. He is consistent. So do not be carried, he goes on to say, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. And so it's talking about just mindlessly, because he's talking about rituals that we can fall, in, fall into, mindlessly, we've got to catch ourselves and ask why we do the things we do when we might not have a good reason to do them anymore. Because they may be that passe. Because, you know, that was then, this is now. It's a whole new world. Mm. So, for the longest time, God has been calling his people out from under the oppression of the times that they, or we, live in, in each decade, in each generation, all throughout human history. And it's, it's been merely recycling the same things over and over again. I mean, we're getting dizzy, aren't we? <laughs> because the devil has found what works and has ensured that the same, same happens within every single generation that's happened before. That's why the Ecclesiastes were written about that, because Ecclesiastes isn't a, bit, a book of wisdom. It's a book of complaints. Solomon, who started to lose his wisdom and lose his God-given mind, started complaining about all these things that he noticed in life, all these things that seemed so futile and so vain. And so he started citing that, and he sees, he sees everything merely repeating themselves over and over again. And so it's being recycled, and it's the same thing. Because the devil has found this, right? It's just we've got to pay attention to what the devil is doing with this. He found what works and has ensured that the same thing happens over and over again, every single generation, because we're not paying attention. So what's the remedy? Pay attention. Duh. You see, the church has figured out how to beat, how to beat how to beat things that block people from visiting their church or staying their church at their church. They've learned how to close the back doors, you know, to get the church, you know, to stop hemorrhaging people and losing people left and right, you know, by programs and things that entertain and meet all ages, you know, all, all kinds of things that it, it does for the whole family. And they've worked really hard you know, because it's, it, there's a repetitiveness in that of people walking with Christ and then stopping and giving up on it. And new people coming along, walking in Christ, it's, it's cycles. And then the person that, that, you know, long time ago that they walked away from Jesus, they come back. They come back again. I mean, I had this one relative, I'm not going to say the, the family's name and, you know, embarrass anybody, but we used to call him Yo-Yo because we all got saved at the same time. But this guy was in and out, in and out, back and forth, up and down, like a yo-yo. And so we just gave him a nickname, yo-yo. Because, you know, he's always repenting, always coming back. We're coming back, where'd you go? Where'd you go, what are you doing? And so he was trapped. He was trapped in a vicious cycle. He couldn't, he couldn't break it. You can't break it without a revelation from God. You gotta get a revelation from God himself. And so it's not some tricky thing that, you know, you're not 
qualified for because you're not a minister and everything. No, every person, any and every person on the face of God's green earth can get the revealed Jesus to show himself to them because he loves them enough to do that to meet them where they're at. So even the church has noticed the cycles. That's why I say they're trying to stop the people from backsliding and coming back, backsliding, coming back, because a lot of altar calls at the end of the service, you see the same church members, the same church members you've been seeing for months going back up to the altar. They go into the big circle every single week. You know, they get all pious on Sunday. They go to Monday. Monday blues is hitting them. They get to hump day Wednesday. You know, they're just about going on the other side. They're looking forward to the weekend. They go back out with their their girlfriend, their, you know, their, their man friend, you know, they go back out there, do the wild thing, and come repent on Sunday. That's a cycle. And the church should be leading the way out of the cycles instead of just replicating the cycles. And so the church, you know, figured out how to beat them. Just join them. In other words, here's how I beat the cycle. I don't think about the cycle anymore. I just go with it. No. Please, no. During this same period of time the church has figured out how to thrive within these very same oppressive societies, it's called compromise. That's how you survive. That's how, instead of breaking out of the cycle, how, instead of destroying the cycle, catching you up in it, catching you off guard, instead of doing that, if you're too lazy, you just compromise, just go with it. You know, from how we take care of our bodies, to our relationships with money, to our relationships with others, even to what is actually important and what isn't important, as we have been made to believe, we have become experts of adaptation and assimilation. Live by the world, die by the world. That's what's happening. If you're going to live by the world, you're going to die by the world. We are supposed to be in the world, but not of the same of the world the same way of thinking, speaking, and doing as the world. In Psalm 115, I'm going to quote this, verse 16, New Living says, The heavens belong to the Lord, but he has given the earth to all humanity. What's that mean? We have power, we have authority to conquer the world that's pulling on us, to try to pull us into its gravitational orbit, to get back in line with the cycles that everybody goes through. In verse, verse 16, once again, the Passion Translation, he, or excuse me, it says, the heavens belong to our God, they are his alone, but he has given us the earth and put us in charge. And the Lexicon, Lexicon, Lexington Translation, verse 16 says, the heavens are Yahweh's heavens, but the earth He's given to the children of humankind. And so we have been given the responsibility over whatever area of the earth we have anything to do with, anything that's a part of our domain, that we can break the cycles, stop the cycles, throw a monkey wrench into the machine and stop the gears from turning. Because if you, like me, get tired of repenting, for the same, 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 same old, same old, and feel stupid and feel foolish, you know, because it's like if I sin this one way once, 
Shame on me. <laughs> if I am tripped up again twice, I mean, excuse me, if, I, if I'm tripped up once, you know, by an adversary that's trying to trip me up, and I let him get through, you know, I, I give place to him, and he trips up, that's shame. That's shame on him. Because, you know, he is attacking me. You know, he's taking advantage of me. He set me up. He dug a pit and I fell into it. But if I fall into it again, that's now shame on me. And so we've got to get the resolve into our hearts to make a stand and to say, no, I'm not going to say shame on me anymore. No, I know better. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to break the cycle. I'm going to live outside the cycle because God made all things and all things in the natural world are going to continue to go on just as they were in the past. The sun and the moon and the stars are set in their place. The earth is circling on its axis as it's going around the sun. I mean, we have got things that we can't change those things, but we're used to living inside of time frames, you know, 24 hours, 24 hours, 24 hours, seven days, seven days, seven days. Okay, but we got to stop allowing those, those things to bind us because when you are moving with God, when you are in rhythm with God, when you are living your life with God as your head, God as your leader, God out in front of you, it's new every morning. The mercy of the Lord is new every morning. The glory of the Lord is new every morning. And so we've got to approach these things, even though they may be seen or seem to be seen the same way that other times, you know, like, oh, we, I saw this before. You know, God, you know, God led me into something like this, and he led me out of it, and he helped me to get on my feet again. And uh, here I am back at the same place. Nope, it's not ever the same place because we're moving somewhere. You see, as the sun moon and stars are going in orbit and the earth is in orbit around the sun and this solar system is in orbit in space. And so everything is still moving. There's nothing, our solar system isn't stationary. Our whole entire solar system is moving. But the way we got to look at it is we're not gonna make the same mistakes over and over. We're not going to think the same thoughts over and over. We're going to open ourselves up to God's way of thinking, God's way of speaking, God's way of living, because God says His ways and His thoughts are higher than our ways and our thoughts as the, as the heavens are above the earth. So we need to adapt ourselves to God's ways and God's thoughts, or God's thoughts first, because that's what leads to God's ways. And in God's ways, everything's going to be different because we're hurtling through space in the middle of a galaxy that has things that are going around each other by gravitational pull, and it's perfectly balanced. Nobody's flying off into the universe. It's perfectly balanced. And in the midst of all this, we still have the right to live a life of free will and individualism 
and uniqueness, you know, in the sense of you're completely unusual. The usual says everybody is still kind of trapped or, or held by their habits and their patterns, starting all the way back at the mind and the way that they think and process things, that they are going to end up like their father, like their mother, like their grandfather, their grandmother. They are stuck in those things, except if you look in the mirror of God's Word and you see the reflection of who you are and what you've got and what you can do with it, you'll find areas that are brand new that you haven't lit up yet. That's what I'm talking about. Let's light those areas up. Let's take the step into those areas. Let's see what those areas are made of. Let's find out what we're made of by putting ourselves at risk in such a challenge to explore the depths of the heart of a loving Father who created us. Let's get past all of the laziness or the res resignation and resigning ourselves to what I am, I'm always going to be. And what I will be is what I once was. Not for you. Not anymore. Because everything with God is new every day, including you. And so pay close attention to him. Pay close attention to what he thinks and what he says as you're reading the word and allow him to adjust you from going and spinning donuts and going nowhere to actually, while everything that God created is in cycles and circular, we're going somewhere with that. We're going in, we're going across the universe at the speed of light. And Jesus is on his way back to rescue his people from this wicked and perverse generation in the last days at the speed of light. And every good and every perfect uh, gift comes down from above from the Father of lights with there's no variableness or shadow of turning like a sundial. All time stands dead still. God freezes the moment. God God bends time to serve his purposes. And you think that God, you know, can rewind the universe if you wanted to? Yeah, he did that once. To return the sun back 15 degrees. And it was sh it showed up and it was explored and calculated, you know, by the computers of NASA before the first moon uh, manned spaceship going to moon was launched. And they had to get it right or they're going to lose the human life that's on board. And so when they did this, they found there's a missing day, a whole missing day. And there's a couple of places in the Bible where God, for the sake of a prophet, made the sun go back 15 degrees to tell the prophet that what I prophesied to you, that you're your days are extended, is going to come to pass. And I'll prove it to you by doing this. And then over in the days of Moses and Joshua and Hur, they held Moses' arms up. And as Moses' arms were held up, 
The sun didn't move in the sky for almost a whole day. Almost, he says. And what fills in the, the part that's missing? What the prophet did, or actually what the God did for the prophet's sake, in turning back the clock 15 degrees. And they calculated what 15 degrees is and what was missing over in the time of Moses when Joshua and a guy named Hur were holding Moses' hands up with his staff in his hands over the nation of Israel. And as long as his hands were up, the battle went to them. And when his hands got tired, the battle started going the other direction. And they figured out what to do. And so they put a man, Joshua and Hur, on each side of Moses to hold his hands up. And it stopped the sun dead in the sky. It didn't go down because if it went down too soon, they would lose the battle because they couldn't see. And so it held it up there until they won the victory. And you see things like this, God will move heaven and earth. Stop time, reverse time, whatever it takes to keep you from falling into the trap and into the snare and into the same concerns, the same worries that our ancestors had about the same things that were threatening to hit them and did hit them. And many things happened that went sideways and many things happened that hurt people. And so history recorded it. You can look at the history books and things look just exactly like that, coming back again. But no, 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 no. I'm, I'm different. I'm different than my ancestors. I'm different and in a different time setting than that. And I'm not allowing that to affect me and to grab me up and put me on that circular merry-go-round. Nope, no more. Father, thank you for setting us free. Thank you for keeping us in the middle of everything that you're doing. And I thank you, Lord God, that even though you move in circles, you sit on the circle of the, uh, of the north, and you made everything to go in circles, but in the bigger picture, the bigger scheme of things, this whole universe of ours isn't going in circles around other universes. We're going somewhere into the heavens, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth to be created yet. And this, this ride that our universe and our solar system and even our planet Earth is on is going right directly into your perfect will and the conclusion of the redemption of all of mankind. And so in the process of getting from there to here, you move in circular form because you are the alpha and the omega, full circle. You are the beginning and the end, full circle. But that doesn't mean that we are trapped in cycles. No, cycles Cycles are actually working for us because it helps us to measure hours, minutes, seconds, days, months, years, segments of time throughout history, just for markers, just to mark it, but not to be controlled by it. So, in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, thank you for hearing our hearts cry for help and for giving that help to help us not live trapped inside of corrupt, sinful, um, gnarly cycles that are self-destructive and helping us to break out and break free and to get on track with where you're taking us.
into the future when these things that are prophesied will be in the name of Jesus. I thank you for giving us ears to hear and eyes to see. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in again. God bless you, and I'll see you next time I do a podcast, or I'll speak to you, and you'll hear me next time I do a podcast. And one of these days, I might do a video podcast. Who knows? God bless you all.